That's two Munster titles in a row for the Mullinahan ladies. They won the intermediate title this year, having won the Munster junior title last year. And of course, Drum and Inch into another Munster final. Um, and they have a Munster final date next weekend against O'Gonolo. We'll be speaking to Jerkanan as well. Lots of rugby to talk about, lots of local soccer to talk about as well. We've Aidan O'Brien's success in the Breeders' Cup. But before all that, uh, you can text us in 083 311 I'm delighted to introduce my first guest tonight because he's an old friend of this programme. And I say old, he's only in his early 30s. Poddy Mar, how are you? Good on yourself. I'm very well. How's your health, Poddy? Uh, I mean, we all have come to terms, and I'm sure you've come to terms with your retirement. Uh, you hit everybody, no more so than yourself, with with a shock. But how is your health on a day to day basis now? Ah, sure, I've no complaints. One, I feel great. Um, I think that's the kind of killing the thing about the whole situation is, um, you know, I feel a hundred percent every day. Um, I feel as fit as ever. To be honest with you, and um, yeah, no, no. No worries at the moment, anyway, thank God. One of the things we always say in the show is, you know, it's an amateur game, everyone has to go up and go to work in the morning. So the neck injury that you have, which abruptly ended your hurling life, uh, does it affect your work or your day-to-day, no? No, no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm okay for work now, yeah. thank God. Yeah, um, no, that's great. I'm glad to hear that because, you know, you'd hate to, for you to have suffered a long-term consequence for your 13-year inter-county career. Yeah, no, I love being lucky enough. Look at the... If the worst case scenario is I just can't play hurling anymore, well, I'll, I'll just have to take in this scenario, Ronan. And, uh, but thankfully enough, everyday life is, is, is not harmed too much. Mostly when I talk to players at the end of their careers, it's something that they have made a decision on their own terms. And I just remember having a conversation with Dennis Leamy uh, about his abrupt end, because his, his career ended very, very quickly as well. And he's a professional athlete as well, so there's a livelihood element in it for him. But he described it as a grieving process and something he had to go through, much like losing a, a loved one. Would you describe it as something similar? Yeah, I'd have to agree with Dennis there. Uh, Rowan, I would have struggled... Um, you know, a lot, I suppose, mentally um, when this came upon me there at the start of the year. Um, obviously, I wasn't expecting it. So, um, you know, I was expecting to go back in with Tipperary in a couple of weeks and and carry on as normal. Um, you know, so that, that that took a lot to, I suppose, there was a lot to deal with mentally there the last number of months, you know, and, uh, you know, we are, I just wasn't ready for it, like, you know, and, um you know, it's such a big part of your life is it's taken away. You know, hurling was a major part of my life and my everyday life. So um, trying to find a new routine and get used to a new routine. Um, you know, I struggled a lot with it for a lot number of months. And um, to be honest with you, you'd still struggle from time to time. Uh, you miss it so much. But, um, you know, things could be a lot worse now than any of you. I, I, I accept that, but it still is, is something you've got to go through. Like the first championship match, you might be sitting in the stand, the ball is thrown in down in Walsh Park. Was that a tough moment for you? Yeah, you know, when the lads ran out on the pitch um, for the start of the game, it kind of, that was the real first, I suppose, time it, it kind of hit me and, uh, you know, it took me a couple of minutes to kind of come to come around and then I was as much support as anyone else. But you do get these moments every so often that it hits you that, you know, the same when the club started up um, during the middle of the summer there. Um, you know, again, that was another hard, hard couple of weeks because, you know, as I said to you there to start a conversation, you know, I feel I feel very fit. I feel very strong and healthy um, through my everyday life. So, you know, when you have nothing visually to show why you why you can't play, you know, it, it's tough to, and it's hard to do. At times, right? You, you know, you talk to players like 
Paddy Saint and you know Conor O'Brien, players like that, even Shane McGrath, they they had their club to go back to after their time spent with Tip, and you know Paddy goes back and wins a Munster club with Bursley and wins a county title again, you know, and he enjoys that hurling back with his club. That was stolen almost from you. That that sort of quasi retirement of playing senior and maybe going down to Premier Intermediate, maybe even going down to junior hurling in your latter years, that must have been difficult as well because a lot of inter-county players look forward to that twilight autumn of their career. Yeah, you know, look, I suppose inter-county has been such a major part of my my life um, but you'd always hope that when, that when that chapter finishes that you could go back, we'll say from my, my innocence, back to Torla Sarsfield and give them a good two, three, four years at senior level maybe and you know, and try and give back to the club as best you can and bring on the younger crew. Um, yeah, and, and that was very, very difficult for me to take. Not, that was just taken away from me too because, um, you know, we have a lot of good younger lads there in the club at the moment and you'd love to be involved with them there and, and try and bring them on to the next level. And uh, as you said, they're most, well, nearly all the county players and the higher get the opportunity to go back mm. and give a few years back. And, and, and that was very difficult to take and a tough build to follow, yeah, to be fair. We heard during the last couple of months that you're going back in as part of a backroom team. Does that make the transition from active player to fully retired a little easier? Um, I don't know yet, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, I'll probably answer that when I get started. But um, when I was asked to get back involved, I suppose, it just gave me that feeling in my stomach straight away, you know, that bit of excitement and, you know, I suppose being thrown back into a, a high-performance environment and being tested in different ways, you know, is something I'm looking forward to. And look, it's the next, it's the next best thing really to to play and being involved with the group and in the backroom team. So, um, really looking forward to that as well. You talk about a journey of coming to terms with this, um, this the news that you weren't expecting, and it was a bit of a, obviously a bolt. Um, does writing a book form part of that process of coming to terms with the fact you sit down with somebody and you just pour it all out? I suppose you can look at it like that, Chad. It's, kind of, it's a bit of therapy in a way that you're, you're... I suppose I never reflected on my career while I was playing, obviously, you know, whether the good moments or the bad moments. You're always looking ahead to what's the next obstacle or the next next goal, you know. So I suppose sitting down with Michael and doing the book, I noticed myself I was, I was reflecting on my whole life and career and the different matches, the ups and downs, you know. And uh, obviously I was going back over memories that weren't so nice as regards some of the losses and the different things that went on and um but likewise I was I was probably reflecting on games, you know, the couple of all Ireland wins and things like that that I probably didn't really think about too much. And uh so yeah, it, it was I suppose a bit of therapy and you and you're probably just reflecting on on your whole life and your hurling career and what went on. There's so many moments in your career that I could ask you about, but like it's a question I've often asked Retired. I remember Owen Kelly's answer to this question, for example, you know, if there was one result you could go back and change, if there was one game that I'd say, Paddy, would give you the power to go back and change one result, the one that perhaps niggles at you most, what one would that be? It's hard to know, Ron. There's, there's, been, there's been enough of them, to be fair. Um, for Club and County, um, obviously enough, the All-Iron defeat would, would, would still sting. Um you know, there's a couple of club matches there as well. But for me, now would be the, the county final, you know, last year with, with Charles Arsfield. Um And I suppose I'm being a bit selfish in the fact that, you know, I wasn't feeling well going to them games. Um, obviously, I didn't know at the time what that reason was. And, you know, I've been 
I, I thought I was hurling very well up to that final and I felt I could have had a major say in, in, in where the result went but if I was full of my health and it's just probably regretted that you know the, the thing finished up that way and my, my last play in, in a hurling match was giving away a free in on, against John McGran and he scored it and, and that was it the game was over a lot more won by a pint so that was a tough pill to swallow I suppose when I think back But I suppose you're thinking that that with the prism of the news that came after it and, and and perhaps an eighth Dan Breen might have softened it ever so slightly or made it one or two percent a little easier to take yeah look exactly if if if, if I had obviously I finished up but if that was my last act to start as winning the country final like it, it could be a lot lot worse you know so yeah. um, the feeling but um, look as far as that's the way it goes look things as I said to you, we all know what happened around Tipperary and Clonalty in August you know things could yeah. be a lot worse around it I suppose that even helped my me and, and my situation be better too to realise that I, you know, lucky enough to have the career I got. Paddy's book all on the line has been launched. I think this Thursday night in the Anor, Paddy, is it? Yeah, Thursday night at seven o'clock in the Anor. So uh, looking forward to hopefully what will be a good night now, Ronan. Well, there's so much to talk about. I mean, I could spend the next hour and, and annoy all the people in Kilroan and Ross Gray and. Range Mokler by not mentioning their matches chatting to you buddy and maybe over Christmas we might meet up and perhaps talk a bit more about the book and, and some of the highlights in it but look I just want to wish you well I want to wish you well for Thursday night I want to wish you well for the year ahead with uh, with Tip uh, and just you know stay well stay healthy and look forward to meeting you at matches and chatting to you yeah, cheers, Ron. Appreciate thanks. that. Thanks, and buddy. By the way, just thanks for all your help over the years as well. I just wanted you were always very obliging. So, and yeah. look, continue to be. I'm sure in in the course of our interactions. So, thanks indeed. No bother at all. Say well. That's Paddy Mara joining us there. We wish him well. That book launch Friday. Sorry, Thursday night. Thursday night in the Anor Hotel in Turles, seven o'clock. All on the line. Paddy Mara's book on his. 13 year inter-county senior career with Tip go back and then you had what two All-Ireland minors one All-Ireland under 21 started every championship match since 2009 six All-Stars there's just some of the highlights I mean how the heck you might have to second volume might be in the cards anyway we'll take a quick break back in a minute Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel. Formerly Clonmel Park Hotel. Multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. Don't forget to get those nominations in for the Sports Star of the Month for November. Sports Star at tipfm.com. If you missed our October winner, Courtney Maguire from Clonmel Athletic Club, who won the National Marathon Championship over the bank holiday weekend with her first ever attempt at a marathon distance, becoming the seventh fastest Irish woman to run that distance. You're on a list there with Sonia Sullivan, Katrina McKiernan, and that's a hell of an achievement for a 23-year-old, so we wish her well. Our text number is 083-311-3311, and if you prefer to contact us by Twitter, our Twitter handle is at TipFMSport. Well, Walsh Park in... Waterford was a bit of a graveyard, I suppose, for Kilroran's hopes in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. It finished Ballygunner 419, Kilroran McDonough's 14 points. Ken McGrath was on duty for us yesterday. How are you, Ken? Good to see Ken McGrath on duty as well because um, he's a bit, good bit younger than me, Roland. Did I introduce you as Ken McGrath? <laughs> Again. <laughs> 
I apologise. Ken Hogan from Laura, former Tipperary manager, former Tipperary goalkeeper, all star, all Ireland winner. Oh, my apologies. I, I, if that's the first time I've, if that's the, not the first time I've done that, multiple apologies. No, Ken Hogan. No I problem. No problem. If I was good at hundred, Ken McGregor, I could tell you'd be happy, man. He was, he was a fair detail. He wasn't. Ken, I, so, I, I, you're not I, I, close I, to me. I, in fairness, uh, I think we're both fans of of, of the McGregor lad. But anyway, let's talk about how good our belly gunner because you'd look forward to that game against Napiersig and before we talk about Kilroan but the, like these are serious club sides Napiersig um, Bally Gunner the likes of Bally Hale St Thomas's and Galway like these are like the, the gap between them and some of the others is pretty wide uh, pretty wide exactly Bally Gunner uh, obviously have I heard yesterday won the under 12 A B and C championships in Waterford um, and also won the intermediate championship in Waterford so from everybody's perspective, we knew it was a huge undertaking heading to Waterford. And as you mentioned, it is a graveyard for our hopes at the moment. We've had a poor year in Walsh Park this year between league, championship, uh, inter-county and club. So I suppose um, from from everybody's perspective, I suppose Barry Gunner have the shackles off now. You know, the monkey's off the back. All Ireland Club champions, you know, after, you know, 10 years of trying really. So I suppose now they can express themselves the team, the Strickner team they've brought in young power and young Fitzgerald, uh, county on minors and 121. And the, the strength and depth of that team is is, is unbelievable. So mm. uh, they could even run the changes yesterday without even weakening the team, Roland. Yeah, it, it's a very, very strong side. And I wondered coming into it, you know, whether that long gap they had because the Waterford Senior Hurling Championship club final was run off maybe eight weeks ago uh, whether that would affect them but to be honest with you the quality and class that's in that side and the pers- professional way that Ballygunner go about their business they didn't look like any sort of ring rust there going into Walsh Park yesterday Not at all same I think they had a 11 week wait last year against Ballier and gave them a drubbing uh, as well so they're well used to I suppose when, when they're playing as long together as they have play challenge games against the Kilkenny teams and uh, who are obviously preparing for maybe county quarterfinals, county semi-finals, which makes it obviously ultra competitive down that end of the country. So um, I think they prepared very well. I think uh, they obviously have a strong backroom team. Uh, they're a club with a lot of resources and a lot of players coming through. So as you said, it's going to be a mouthwatering class of Piercing and themselves mm. on Sunday week. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Kilroan because, you know, they had two tough encounters you know against Killadang and they only had a week between their success in lifting Dan Breen there's always going to be some celebrations as a result of that 37 years the parish had to wait for it uh, it was a big ass especially away yeah it was two really huge games of Killer One uh, were Killer One anybody's real fancy for a county championship this year I don't think so to be fair to Killer One with all due respect and they came in uh, as underdogs, of course, heavy underdogs against, uh, you know, a seasoned Kildangan team. Uh, could have taken the first game, uh, either team uh, could have won it. But then the second day, uh, no, then the second half brought him uh, to win convincingly in the end. Uh, 36 years, a long time of waiting, Ronan. Uh, I suppose as well as celebrations and the emotions that were running high, particularly with the year we've had in in. And Tipperary, Louis Gillen, of course, God rest him. I think uh, the other factor, uh, because talking to Killer One people before the match, Ronan, uh, they didn't expect Nyla Mara to line out. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't expect a few uh, guys to line out Thomas Cleary 
because of injury. But of course, Niall been the man he is. Uh, he, you know, he stayed going for as long as he could for forty-five minutes. Mm. So uh, I think overall, eleven-seven, just on the stroke of half-time, Ronan, and the next thing they're hit with a killer goal, dispossession on force there, and that happens when you're tired. Back of the net, and it left it a, a seven-point lead at half-time, and faced the elements in the second half. And Barry Gunner, as you well know, and Waterford teams, uh, Ronan, tend to roll you over then. When they get ahead of you, they, you know, they really go on the rampage. And uh, I suppose when you're a top-class team like that, there's no pulling back, I suppose, because they're playing for places on their team as well. Yeah, no two ways about it. Um, it's a you know it's a fine year for Kilroan McDonough's. Uh, they bridged that thirty-seven year gap. I mean, that was their Everest. So, would you? This was almost bonus territory for them. Ah, uh, yeah, talking even bonus territory in the sense of the fact that uh, they were concentrating totally on, on on a county final against their local rivals and neighbours, Kildangan. You know, a huge rivalry there as well. So, and a healthy rivalry. But from from everybody's point of view they wouldn't have even envisaged playing, you know, at, at that level, at Munster Club Championship level. Let alone have to travel to Walsh Park. I mean, poor Lock Moore had to go down last year to Walford. I don't know what way the Munster Club draws, uh, you know, come about. But uh, travelling again to Walford this year, uh, an away fixture, uh, six days after winning the county championship, it, it's just too, too, too tough a task. Too big an ask, yeah, absolutely. Ah, yeah, it's a big ask. So, they would never have been envisaged even playing at that level. I think uh, they lost nothing. They, they fought to the very end. Their supporters were absolutely fantastic. They applauded the players. They applauded the injured players off the pitch. And they were, you know, they were running an empty. Let's face it, in the second half, Ronan, they were running an empty. Ken, i got to fly, but many thanks for your efforts over the course of the year. Right. And uh, I'll spend 2023 practicing your name. Anytime. Thanks, Ken. That's Ken Hogan joining us there on the Bally Gunner Killer and McDonough's match. Tom McGrath's on the line. Hi, Tom. Hello, Ronan. Mid football final took place on what, the 6th of November? I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yesterday in Temple Horn. Well, it's it's probably six weeks earlier than it was often. Yes, I know it has bled into the following year. Brackens against Lockmore Castellani. Always uh, interest when there's neighbouring parishes involved. Well, interesting would be a nice word for it, all right. But no, tough struggle like the whole way through Brackens led down the marker in the first half led by five points to one Orchestra didn't really get out of the blocks but no credit to Brackens I mean they've, they they saw it out when the pressure came on towards the finish then they, they, had, they had enough there to, to all out and bring up a mid-double which was probably the big thing the big thing that was on the on the agenda Ryan Cup is one thing in, in, in Midtubury that's the what just Paddy O'Shea called the Sam McGuire the canister yes that's the canister of Midtubury like and you know, we eagerly, eagerly sought after, like so. Brackens, uh, like Lockmore Castani, were trying to thwart, thwart the double, and Brackens were trying to bring up the double to emulate the Lockmore Castani lads, and they did it. And you know, you give them credit for that because, like, they're 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 a decent football outfit, and it's taken a while for their underage, their underage dominance, I suppose, over Lockmore Castani in the mid to come to the fore, like, and they have they have come to the fore now, and you know they're going to be. They're going, they'll be a force to be reckoned with next year, like. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know they've got silverware, same way as Upper Church ended up with a bit of silverware after their great season. And I think Brackens will reflect on that mid-double 
heartily when they sit down to their Christmas dinner and sort of say, yeah, we could have done better, but like, we have two pieces of silver, which is... Exactly, you know, which is, which is two pieces more than the neighbours have. Like, yeah, that's sure, that's, isn't that what it's about? That's what it's all about, Tom. <laughs> Tom, I got an interesting text here just on the Ballygunner Kilroan match, which I'll put you... It says, it's not fair on small rural clubs. The parish rule is not used in Waterford which may well be the case. Uh, I'm not so sure the parish rule is necessarily used particularly closely in Clonmel either, which may explain Clonmel Commercial's big pick, Ballygunner's big pick. But then you have the likes of Ballyhale Shamrocks, which is a small parish, and they're more than capable of, of matching the efforts of Ballygunner. I suppose, look, look, rules are rules, and I think the place that, that rules will be tested will be at a local level. If there's a problem, if there's a problem with the makeup of any particular team, I think it'll be it'll be it's not up to the Killer Ones or the Lockmore Castlines or the Torres Sarsfields or Killadangans to police Ballygunner. Ballygunner will be well policed within their own neighbourhood below in Watford. So I mean, uh, I think you know Ballygunner are a, are a they're a decent outfit and whatever the rules and regulations are within Watford, they are what they are. Mm. Like and it gives them like look, it's a big centre of population, but they're 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 vying with other with with other poets in Watford then as well, like so And there's in, other big big hurling clubs in Watford City as yeah, well. Like exactly. um Mount Sion. They're all they're 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 all they're all there, like and you know, the, the, if if there's something illegal about the composition of a, an outfit. I don't think the, su- the text is suggesting that. I think they're just sort of suggesting that perhaps there's a. Well, I think the a, parish rule, like it's the, the yeah, it's the interpretation of it. I suppose maybe is what's what's the question. But yeah. if it's what the local rules are, that's what the local rules are, and sure, look, we have to we have to we have we have, we have to live with what's there. Like, I think absolutely. Do you know when the season when when we fl- reflect on the season? as a whole and Dan Breen as a whole Kilroan lit up our season uh, it just didn't, didn't the, the cards were stacked against them yesterday weren't they there's no doubt about that I mean their, their first county final in, in 37 years yeah a week later having to go out but like I, I don't think that was that, that that was that was a big problem for him just probably took a few days for the thing to sink in and then to get ready for it I suppose really the what sunk him was the goal just before half time that they had been they had been doing reasonably well up to that like but then Ballygunner got the goal and you know it's just the uh, we said we said about other matches we said about the intermediate county final last week I mean the wrong crowd got the goal if Kilron got the goal to be a totally different second half but yeah the, yeah. the favourite got the goal and they kicked on from that and that's what that's the that that's what the favourites do. Like they, when they when they get the break, then they'll push on and they'll push it to sword. Unfortunately, that's what happened. But look, Killer One give it give it a decent shout, and they will reflect on on a year and a mighty year. They they covered themselves yes. in glory just, on all different fronts. We went through it last absolutely. week. Like, so, and just yeah. before I let you go, I know your semi adopted club of Salahead didn't quite get over the line against Thurles Sarsfields in the Junior B final. No, give it the a, romantic game you wanted it. Give it a good shot, and um, like I saw him playing football early in the year, but I was glad to see them yesterday that they were they were tugged out in their in their famed red and green jerseys as 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 in days of yore. Uh, yesterday tugged out, and I mean, Sarsfield's very 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 decent outfit. Well, all lads well able to hurl, and then you throw the few experienced lads that came back towards the tail end of the campaign into the middle of it, and sure, look, you had a, you had a very good a very a very good team, and like. Goals win matches. Sarsfield got the got the got the couple of goals, and okay, Sal had got a consolation one towards the finish, like. But um, no, they they'll reflect on a on on a, on a decent year as well. As will Sarsfield, not at the not with a different end of the the spectrum, 
to where they expect it to be. Like, but look, to grant to grant be winning county titles no matter no matter what they're in, and they have a double now. They have they have the junior football one as well. Like, and you know they're. I think they're, they're in the county under nineteen A football final against commercials. They did beat a good, beat a good, a decent Arvill Rovers yes. team in the in the, in the county semi final. Like so, that's that'll be a game worth seeing whenever football, it gets played. There's a it's football, very hard to know. Like there's a football revolution going on in plain sight in Turles. Maybe we'll see. Well, like, there's a base, uh, I suppose, really, like, but. Um, Lot of lot of players coming to both those teams, like you know. Yeah. But no, been been led by Peter Creed and Declan Costello. We two guys that are very very committed football men. They're they're involved there with with them, and they're driving the thing on. Like and no, you see. More power. Yeah, and you see a, a big performer they had in the county final was Mikey Cahill. Mikey Cahill came in the second at half time and sort of turned turned the game and said a goal in a pint, and that's a fair contribution in in a, in, a, in a tight match. Like so. Okay. Yeah. Right. Tom, I gotta go. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Okay, Ronan. Thanks welcome. indeed. That's Tom McGrath with news on mid football and senior and junior A hurling as well. Michael Brophy's on the line. How are you, Michael? Hi, Ronan. How are things? I'm very well. Ross Gray, four twenty one. Bally Saggart, fifteen points. Didn't see this, but it all seemed to essentially go the Ross Gray way at the start of the second half. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, Ross Gray were the better side throughout even the first half, with the exception, I suppose, things were pretty even between maybe the 20 and 30 minute mark. But aside from that, Ross Gray were well on top. The difference was that they kind of asserted their dominance um, in the first 10 minutes of the second half to pull clear. Um, as you mentioned there, kind of two minutes within the restart of the second half, they picked off three quick fire points from play. Um, and then they forced a turnover in the Bally Saggart um, half-back line. Um, eventually found its way to Shane Fletcher. He found Sam Conlon and he buried it to the net. And at that stage, they were eight points clear and it was pretty much game over. Um, they, they just had a, a far greater spread of quality across the field. Bally Saggart were hugely reliant really on Shane and Stephen Bennett for scores. Um, Shane Bennett, he pulled up with a um, quite a bad-looking hamstring injury about 20 minutes in, and um, he tried to tough it out until half-time. But um, he was still causing damage in at full forward. But the the management team decided to take him off. It was just um, he was just in too much discomfort at that stage. Even Stephen Bennett didn't look at 100% either. He, he looked to be carrying some kind of a knock. He still picked off nine points, three from play, but. He definitely wasn't um, the force that he could have been. Um, that said, Ross Gray, they, they're a fine team at this grade. I think they have every chance of of winning a monster title, and um, we'll see next? what happens after that. Uh, In Ascara of Cork, oh, um, that's right. I've read that. Time, so yeah. hard, hard to gauge. That it'll be their first game, but Ross Gray will have the the home advantage. I presume it'll be in Thurles. Um In Ascara, I believe have um, Sean O'Donoghue. The, the new Cork captain, um, who I believe is used in the forwards for themselves. So, um, but look, I, I think this this game will bring on Ross Gray hugely. Their forwards, they've such a slick unit of fast, sharp forwards. Um, Luke Cashin hit one six. Uh, Connor Sheedy hit one six. Shane Fletcher one one. Sam Conlon one two. Um, and then that's not to mention even the likes of Alan Tyne and Evan Fitzpatrick who picked off scores themselves but put in a ton of work um, and then out the back How I mean, important held. has Alan Tynan's return from the Munster Academy been for Osprey? Yeah I, I think so I mean they, they were still playing well um, earlier in the year until he, he came back to full fitness 
Um, but he just, I think he just probably brings that bit of grit and he just leads leads by example up in the forward line with his work rate. Um, you know, I think he picked off one point for a finish, but he could have had two or three more. Um, his shooting was a little bit er- erratic, but that that could be resolved for the the next day. Um, but I I I I'd imagine that Liam Cahill will be very keen to to get him on board. Um, he he just looks like a uh, he's an athlete. Yeah, an athlete, but a serious hurler as yeah. well that um, can offer a lot to the, the Tipperary panel. Michael, I got to fly. Thank you for your time on that. Ross Gray winning no in problem. the uh, quarterfinal of the Munster Intermediate Club Championship, four twenty one to fifteen points. Quick break to take back in a minute. Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Ronan Quirk. So many games to talk about. Bally Giblin of Cork, 2-10. Grange Mokler, Bally Neal, 11 points. This is in the Munster Club Junior Championship. Stephen Gleeson saw this one. How are you, Stephen? Hi, Ronan. Good evening. Uh, uh, sorry to keep you waiting there. The old ad break crept up on me. Um, so, Bally Giblin, well worth it, I suppose, with, with that five-point win? Yeah, they were a good second half display from them, you know, but uh, Grange Mulker, you know, they're a team that have huge potential. They really do. And they were well in this game right yeah, through up until they're very young. That's the thing. Yeah, the centre back, I think, is uh, late 20s or thereabouts. And the rest of the team in defence are all like 18, 19, 20. And then up to the forwards, you're looking at something similar. But they're an excellent team. They've potentially, if they've got a really good coach in there, I think this team could really make strides in hurling because they have all the skills. Uh, just that little bit of um, know-how on the big day, I think, is probably lacking for them. But uh, they started excellently in this match. Seven points to five up at half time, And, you know, they were really well in this game against a Bally Giblin team that had uh, four lads that have played for Cork over the last while. Uh, the likes of Cahill O'Mahony at 13, Mark Keane, well known for uh, his exploits down under in Australia and Aussie rules, back playing with the Cork footballers, scoring great goals in uh, late in the Munster Championship for Cork in football against Kerry and the likes. So like they had a really experienced team up against a very young Grange Moakler side that have a lot of potential but just on the day they were caught out as the game wore on Bally Giblin just took control and you know just that little bit of experience told I think um, they were pushing a couple of times for goals and then Cahill O'Mahony got the goal for uh, Bally Giblin in the second half and from there it was just Grange Moakler started looking for a goal rather than maybe tagging on a couple of points remember Johnny Gleeson from Lockmore saying to me there's 40 seconds left we have a chance to get two points you know, and that was his motto. But like with four or five minutes to go in this game, like they were going for a goal and they weren't going to get a goal with Mark Keane at six pushing back into the full back yeah. line. So it, it was a really tough finish for Grange Mokler, Bally Neal. But uh, as I said, the potential they have is huge. And again, so similar to the, the county final run and really Upper Church just had that experience. Owen Short and Pat Short are hitting 40, but they are clever on the field. James Barry, you know, 31 or thereabouts, the two greens for Upper Church mid-30s as well. That experience told, I think, in the county final. And in this match as well, it was the intra-county lads that just shone near the end for this and it was 210 to 11 at the finish you know and bear in mind Grange Mokler were 7 points to 5 up at half time so that'll just tell you the second half and the last 10 minutes in particular was where the Cork lads pulled away Yeah I mean it's a it's a I think they'll be keen to get out of the junior ranks do you know what I mean Grange Mokler and both f- get up to senior in football and maybe get up to intermediate in hurling 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they lost the uh, county intermediate football final there to Drome, led by David Butler, Seamus Callan, and these lads. The county final this year to Upper Church, and in this game, it was just those experienced players like Mark Keane and those guys. But it's only playing big days like that that you get that necessary experience. And they lost two important players for them as well in the game. Uh, Grinsel, the full forward, bowed out after about twenty minutes uh, with a leg injury, and he was a big loss to them because he was, you know, he was using his weight and he was pushing himself about the place there and then Conor Hassey in centre field was having a stormer he was excellent and uh, he had to bow out around 40 minute mark there with an injury as well and you know like they were kind of dependent then as well on Dara Shelley for scores he hit Baseball, 9 yeah. in total fired him out of 11 and uh, 7 of those were from freeze but he was excellent but uh, again John Lyons is probably their star go-to player in around centre field, centre forward position and he had to go back deep really and operate kind of in a in a sweeper role a bit deeper than he'd like I'd imagine but uh, if they could maybe have pushed him up the field and get him into space and get him on the ball it could have been different but that's easier said than done then yeah. against a very strong Bally Giblin side that uh, you know went very far in this competition did, last yeah. year and are looking for the All-Ireland and it's only a restructuring of the Cork Championship that allowed them in beat Skinnerinki in the Munster final last year if memory serves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Skinnerinki are a great team as well, yeah, you know, I mean, they've pushed on an intermediate this year in tip. I got to fly, but thanks for your time. I appreciate it enormously. Uh, thanks, Ronald. Thanks indeed. Stephen Gleeson there on Bally Giblin's five-point win over Grange Mokler in the Junior Hurling Championship in Munster. Now, the so many matches to cover we're flying through them apologies for the brevity but the under 19A hurling final took place in Banja on Sunday Holy Cross Bally Cahill defeating St Mary's delighted to be joined by their manager Donald Ryan how are you Donald? Hello Ryan how are you? Very well heartiest congratulations to you it must be particularly pleasing to put the under 17 and under 19A titles back together Yeah good achievement county titles are hard to Great get Great achievement Donald yeah. not a good achievement So yeah and to get two in a month is really pleasing and a huge overlap between the two teams rolling 10 players on both. So I, That was my next question, yeah. How yeah. much of your under-19 is made up by those young 17-year-olds? Yeah, 10 of them started and then we had five really good experienced guys as leaders in through with them. So it was a nice mix, Ronan. How active have you been at underage? You must have been putting a lot of stuff together from the time these lads were 12, 14, even younger. Yeah, even before that, Ronan. We won three county under-12s in four years, lost the other one by a point to Bursley in 2018. So 2017, 2019 and 2016, three county under 12s. We couldn't break through it under 14 or 16. And now those lads have come together, those three teams have given us yesterday's team. When you fail to have the success at 14 and 16, is there always a fear that some lads will just drift away? No, not a bit. We know that there's plenty of good teams around the division, around the county, Doris, Oak, McCarthy, all those. So it's not that you're not improving, it's just get caught here and there. But you, you keep the faith and eventually they come and come and this year we got our chance. You know, I was, I've was i been on the show a long time and I can't remember getting so many texts about the mid-under-17 hurling final that I did that night. He lost to my Carkey but came back and defeated them in the county final. But I'm told that mid-final was an absolute belter. Yeah, it was a great game, Ronan, and McCarkey fully deserved their win. And I would say that game was a real watershed for us because after that we improved in both the 17 and the 19. So looking back, that was a real learning one for us. You know, a great success to ye and lots of fellas coming through. And obviously your senior manager is licking his lips at what's coming to to, to uh, augment the likes of Brian O'Mara, to augment the likes of uh, other great Holy Cross players. Yeah, that's true. Brian O'Mara's been on the line for us along with the under-17s and under-19s. He's already a great leader for this group, um, um, Ronan. 
So, yeah, but it's under 17. There's still a few years to go. It'll be incremental progress up along. Yeah, listen, I wish you well. Uh, it's just, I'm sorry I don't have more time to chat with you, but just whatever you're doing in Holy Cross, you're getting it right and continued success to you up there. Uh, thanks very much, Owen. Not all, Donald, take it easy. That's Donald Ryan, manager of the Under-19 Holy Cross Ballycal team who won the Under-19A and Under-17A. And I've seen them, I saw them play Under-17 last year and I was whole, so, so impressed with them. So uh, lots of talent there. If you get a chance to see that Holy Cross team, it's really, really very impressive. 083 311 Double three, double one. Um, let's go to the phone lines and see if we can reflect on Mullinahone's great win in the county in the Munster Intermediate Football Title. Because Mary O'Shea from Mullinahone Ladies is on the line. How are you, Mary? Well, Ronan, how are you? I'm mighty. Congratulations. That's Munster titles back to back. What are you doing out there? Oh gosh, I'll tell you, we're doing something right anyhow. <laughs> well, many congratulations to you. But is this a team on a mission? A team on a journey? Well, it is because we only started um, about a year and a half this journey. So, um, if anybody ago, that would be um, competing in two monster finals of different grades, you know, it's fabulous. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hugely impressive feat to win back to back monster titles because you're at a different grade. So, when you win a junior one, you probably think you need a year or two at intermediate to get to grips with that grade. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but um, it's never been done in tip before. Um, it has been done in Munster, but we did it in 2012 and 2014. So we're we're a first for tip to do it, you know. Yeah, and like you've got now the recognition with some of the girls getting into the Tipperary senior football team as well. Even though last year you were a junior club, this year you're an intermediate club. Yeah, yeah, but and we're senior next year. Now, initially, Ronan, this year our aim was to win intermediate and just to be up senior next year, you know which we achieved and we said everything after that was a bonus. So you know? the Munster was a kind of a free swing for you? P- pressure free swing. off? Yeah, free swing. Um, we just take one game at a time and we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're, the girls are fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a great bunch of girls. Like, you know, you'd Paul, Paul Kelly with you last year, I think, and you got the Munster had, title yeah, and Paul's yeah, gone on to Dublin Paul's Camogie to, now. He is indeed, yeah. Now, in fairness to Paul, when Paul started, he brought us to a new level, you know, and, and, and the backroom team, the lads were fabulous, you know. I suppose so, um, my point was that his CV was embellished by his success with the York team last year. So, absolutely, uh, it, absolutely. It was an easy, easy one for the Dublin uh, <laughs> County Board, Kilmogee Board. Yeah, yeah. Um, what next? All-Ireland now, Semi? All-Ireland Semi next. Uh, we're playing the winners of Ulster or Britain, Great Britain. They're out weekend after next. So um, hopefully we'll know then, you know. And we're playing then on the 26th or 27th of November is the Master Plan, you know. And we have a home game. So... Listen, many, Mary, i got to fly, but many congratulations oh, yeah. to you. And also in Mallow yesterday, what I was particularly pleased to see was mm-hmm. Bally McCarber getting over the line. Oh, thanks. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, they got the monkey off their back now, but, you know, when... when, when well, all been... those county titles, I think there was only one girl, maybe Michael Ryan's daughter, was possibly the only one with a Munster medal. I think there was two, the Golden Walls. I okay. think there, was, there could have been two. But anyhow, look, it was fabulous. They won. Uh, they were on the high. Uh, it's a good yes, advert for the ladies' football, Mary. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. listen, Absolutely. stay well out there in Mullinahone. We'll talk soon. Thanks a million. Take Mind it yourself. easy. God bless. Bye bye bye. Mary O'Shea, manager of the Mullinahone ladies. Back to back Munster titles. To win a Munster title at junior, not even have a, a bedding in season at intermediate and go and win a Munster, not only the county title, the Munster intermediate title as well. Jer Canan's on the line. Hi, hey, Jer. How are you doing, Ronan? It's success all the way tonight, but many congratulations to Drum and Inch. They're into, what, a Munster final now next weekend against the Gondolo? Yeah, Munster final now next Sunday. Um, a repeat of last year's final against Garfield Gondolo, the same venue and everything in Mallow uh, at 2pm. 
Drummond a great win over De La Salle in, uh, in the semi-final there on Saturday and they needed extra time and you know, found another gear in extra time and got two goals in quick succession uh, to put a bit of daylight between them and De La Salle. It really was a top quality game. Probably the best game I've seen Drum play in Munster over the last couple of years and I suppose a lot of that was down to the good weather on Saturday and, you know, De La Salle pitch was in great condition and, you know, De La Salle are a really good hurling, hurling team and it was just a really good high high the match. It was just saying, I don't think too many people were complaining when they went to extra time because we got to enjoy another 20 minutes of it. Yeah, I'd say the De La Salle, the, the Drum and Inch uh, backroom team might disagree with you, but be that <laughs> as it may. Listen, uh, do you think there's something different about Drum this year? You know, I've spoken to other teams and they said, look, we just were focused on the county title. We got the county title, everything else is bonus. I don't feel that Drum are in bonus territory. They're, they're on a mission to win that Munster title. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's the fourth Munster campaign, you know, in a row. They have won title the 2021 and I suppose I suppose that was won in 2021 with the whole COVID and they won that and then shortly after they lost the semi-final and then went out in, in the 2021 Munster and got bet in the final so I suppose they didn't really get time to properly enjoy or savour the, the Munster title that they did win you know there was still COVID around and like I said they'd turn around and you know had to give it up a, a short time later so uh, and then the fact they lost the Scarif by a pint, you know, missed the free in the dying second. So they were definitely from the get-go was felt like it was unfinished business. And, you know, that wasn't, I suppose, being arrogant or at the county. Mm. But, um, you know, obviously it's go out and need a very competitive county championship to win. But, you know, even even against De La Salle, you felt like if Drum had lost, it would be a much bigger loss to them than it would have been to De La Salle, who had just won their first county title yeah, and no. were playing in the first Munster game. So... Definitely, Drum would be going all out. But look, Scarif would be the same. They would have been disappointed with their All Ireland semi final um, defeat to Aldert last year, and and they'd be looking to make amends. And you know, they won their county title again, and they're back in the Munster final. So look, it, it it's it's all the you know set up lovely for a cracking final next Sunday. Really, I see you've got a bus running. Details on Twitter, uh, Tipperary Camogie, if you want details of getting to that bus to that final. And commiserations to Lee went out to the intermediate championship. Yeah, you know, it's different different match altogether, I suppose, on the Sunday, different weather conditions, different pitch conditions. And, you know, both teams, I suppose, struggled in the heavy underfoot and to try and get scores on the board. And it was a low-scoring game and uh, Boris were against the wind in, in the first half. But by all accounts, they put in a huge effort in the second half and, and there was nothing between the sides. And I suppose it was probably a case of just running out of time and needing to go for goals mm. near the end and it didn't come. But look, that's a very young Boris Lee team. They've had a fantastic year winning the county title and uh, they'll be back b- b- bigger and better and stronger next year. Jeremy, many thanks. Look forward to talking to you next week and a Munster final reflection. Thanks, Ronan. Take it easy. That's Geraldine Canan joining us there at News of Camogie. Let's turn to rugby. What a weekend it was for Munster, te- Tipperary teams in Munster because there was wins for Nina, Clonmel and Cashel. Peter Silk's on the line. Hi, Peter. Very good, Ronan. Oh, you were delighted with that win. Yes, indeed. Um, we need to kind of get back on the horse that previous week when we let a, a, a lead slip against um, Barn Hall. But a very good win for Cashel, I must say, on Saturday. Ballymena, sticky team, you know, they had a very good defence. But, uh, you know, we managed to break them down. We got a penalty after 13 minutes. And then we had to walk. It took 20 minutes to break, really break them down. We got a penalty try. And then we got another uh, try just before half time. Josh Pickering took a quick penalty. Uh, then in the second half, we got a try after 10 minutes. And uh, that put us 22 nil up. But it took us another 20 minutes to get the, the bonus point try, which was um, a very well worked try. The backs and forwards into passing very well. But, you know, it was it was an important win for us, really, because um, we had that two-game slip 
Uh, we had won two games very well, and uh, it was important that we didn't lose another game. And, uh, you know, an important win in that it pushes us up to third in the, um, in the division. We're two points behind Queen's and uh, Blackrock. They're kind of the, the pace setters, if you like, in our division. But Queen's drew with Barnhall, so that kind of pulled them back a little bit. And but, uh, Nina won as well. They're up to fifth. Yes, a great win for Nina. Uh, 27-15 against Dolphin. Uh, and, you know, I, I just did a little recce there uh, earlier on. And uh, of the 15 teams in, in Munster at the moment, 11 of them are in the bottom half of the various uh, divisions. But uh, Nina are in fifth in our division and we're second, our third. So, you know... We're doing uh, fairly well. Ah, you punched uh, above your weight, no doubt about that, Peter. Oh, well, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, there are big teams in there. You know, Ballymena, a big, long-established club. Yeah. But, you know, struggling really high, I don't know. But, um, you know, they, they they put it up to us. But I must say, we really dug in and ground them down. You know, there was a great determination there. Who's next? And Clon- Clonmel won as well. Yeah, they, they, that, was, that was a big win, you know. Because Bangor, I think, were second in the league prior to that match, so a big win with yeah, a bonus they, point as well. They, exactly. So you know, those wins are important. Like every point you pick up is important, and, and like if you get a bonus point win, pushes you up five points. You know. So um, yeah. In, in fairness to the, the Tipperary teams, they're doing very well, and um, you know, hopefully we can continue to do so. Peter, I got to fly. Many thanks for your time. Very good. Okay, Ronan. Thanks. That's Peter Silk on rugby. Let's just finally end tonight's show with a couple of minutes on soccer. Barry Ryan, how are you? Ronan, how are you? I'm very well. FAI Junior Cup, the blue ribbon event of junior football. Wilderness are into the open draw. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Had to do it the hard way. Came from 1-0 down. Uh, double from Sean Brown, which is kind of a regular feature. Puts him into the draw with tomorrow at lunchtime. There'll be a lot of excitement waiting to, to hear uh, where you're going to be going next. I mean, it's the equivalent of the Champions League draw for these players. Yeah, absolutely. You don't. You could end up in Donegal. You could end up at one of the big Limerick sides. You're hoping for a home tie, but then there's also you know the glamour tie away and a day out in the bus. You know, for junior football, these things are huge. Yeah. Um, so you know there'll be real excitement as the draw breaks tomorrow at lunchtime as well. Waiting on that draw. No surprise to St Michael's beat Cashel Town three one, and Peak Villa had to go up to Sally Park up there uh, in Northbury and came away with a three nil win. Yeah, look, conditions are probably difficult. People might have been a bit concerned about that, what way the pitch would be and stuff like that, but handled it really well. Professional performance. 2-0 up at half-time, added the third goal to kill it off maybe with 20 minutes to go. Uh, similar in Cook Park, probably fair play to Cashel, made it really competitive, went 1-0 up. Uh, won all at half-time, towering header from Paul Breen that bring Michaels back into the game and then that little bit of you know experience and they kicked on as the game went on and uh, finished 3-1. I think half of Upper Church play for Clodagh Rangers now that the GA has finished. So I'm I don't I'm not overly surprised that Clodagh Rangers got one over on Care Park two one. Yeah, exactly. I think once the GA is over, and look, Stephen Gleeson, fill you in on that. There are a lot of uh, hurlers to come back in, um, and are particularly you know I suppose those guys come in fit at this time of the year as well, and they're adept soccer players as it is. Um, and Care have been a mixed bag, and we've we've talked about that a few times. They'll probably be disappointed, but it wouldn't have been the easiest fixture away from home either. No, Clodagh are a decent side. In the Premier League, Clamell Celtic have lost again, this time to two Malbaras. Is their season at risk of kind of unravelling a little bit? Yeah, if it hasn't already unravelled at this stage, that's, you know, a bright start. But I suppose it's probably time that we really start, you know, giving 
to Alvarez, huge praise. Are they now a firmly established the best of the rest? Uh, finished fourth last season, bang on course for that. They're third at the moment. Uh, they've gone to Clamella, the venue. I would say it's a long, long time since Tim Alvarez won in Common Celtic. So is it a changing of the guard? Are Tim Alvarez now the team that's the best of the rest? Uh, it certainly would appear that way. Yeah, but like Clamell Celtic were good against Saints in the FAI, poor against Town in the league. They're going to have to introduce, introduce some consistency. Yeah, and look, there's no doubt that there's good players at Clamell Celtic, the Rory O'Dowds in particular. Um, GA would have been a little bit of an issue for them for, with common commercials but you know that wasn't an issue at last weekend uh, which makes the, the Boris performance even more impressive but it's just so there's no consistency in Thomas Celtic at the moment but look I suppose maybe the other side they've just come up this season and they're absolutely certainly going to stay in the Premier League so maybe I suppose we're judging them off standards of, of previous years Absolutely Barry we look forward to that draw at lunchtime tomorrow many thanks for your time Thanks, Ryan. Not at all. It's Barry Ryan. Wrapping up tonight's Extra Time. It's been a busy Extra Time. We hope you enjoyed it, got something from it. Ian O'Connor produced tonight. That's all we've got time for. We'll be back with you next Monday night. A podcast of this show will be available in the next few minutes. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next Monday night. Till then, good night, take care and good luck.